0: The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Suppose someone just reads John 3.16. Is there enough information there to believe and become born again? How much content is needed? What is the bottom line? Hey, thank you for joining us today on Grace in Focus. This is the podcast and radio broadcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. You can find out more about us and about our online seminary offering an MD degree Time now for application and registration for the spring semester, and you can find out about it at faithalone.org or gesseminary.org. Now with today's discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins.
1: I think you have a question, Leon, for someone named Al. Yes, Bob. Al is asking, how much does a person need to understand about eternal life? and about Jesus in order to be born again. For example, does a person need to know about the new earth or the physical resurrection of the believer in order to be born again? Okay, what he
2: wants to know, and he goes on to talk about, you know, if someone, let's say, they just read John 3.16, which doesn't mention the name of Jesus. Would that be enough without knowing who said that? That sort of thing. He wants to know what's the minimum So starting with the minimum, I would suggest in light of John 3 and John 4, when Jesus talks to Nicodemus and Jesus talks to the woman at the well, it seems to me what he makes clear in both of these cases is that believing is essential, right? Right. That's the condition, believing, and we need to believe in Jesus and we need to believe in him for what he promises, which is everlasting life, right? Right. So we have believing in a person for a promise. Yes. And that occurs in John three, John four, John five, twenty-four, John six, thirty-five, thirty seven, thirty nine, forty, John six forty seven. And Jesus' interaction with Martha in John eleven twenty five to twenty seven. And the purpose statement of the whole book John 2031 and I think it's important Al to recognize first and foremost and Al seems to accept this that the issue is believing it's not commitment, it's not turning from our sins, it's not submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ it's not following him right it's simply a matter of believing. right. what's John 3:16 say?
1: whosoever believes in him.
2: You like the King James, right?
1: I love the King James,
2: yes. Yeah. and it does say, whosoever. You remember the old song, whosoever,
1: whosoever surely meaneth me? surely meaneth me. That was one of my father's favorite hymns.
2: Was it really? Yes. We used to sing that. I was on staff at First Baptist Dallas for one year under Dr. Criswell. Uh, well, actually, I was under Robert Jeffers, who was the high school pastor, but Dr. Criswell was the senior pastor. And we used to sing that all the time, and I loved that song. Whosoever and so the issue is believing. Now the point, however, when we said those three issues believing in Jesus for everlasting life. If you believe John three sixteen, yes, you would be born again as long as you know who said that. Yes. If you think your mailman said that, no, you <laughs> wouldn't be saved, right? It has to be the person who said that in Scripture. So we need to know that this is Jesus. Now we're not sure of course that the woman at the well knew that his name was Jesus in uh, Greek or Yeshua in Hebrew. And in fact, I don't think most Americans know his real name. We think his name is Jesus. I'm sure he'd answer to that, but that's not yes. that's not the name he was given. He was given <laughs> Yeshua, you know, which in Greek is Jesus. The point is we need to believe in that specific person for what he promises, which is everlasting life. And since it's everlasting life, we must grasp that this is irrevocable. After all, that's what he told the woman at the well, right? You drink the water I will give you, you'll never thirst? hmm And you remember what she says at that point?
1: Lord, give me this water. Why? So she wouldn't have to come to the well to draw. She got the fact that this
2: was permanent, right? Yes. But... She didn't get the fact that he was talking in a metaphorical sense, in a symbolic sense.
1: Yes, eternal but she, life.
2: Eternal life. But she finally got it at the end. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, Leon? When she goes to talk to the men of the village about Jesus being the Messiah, she leaves the old water
1: behind. Wow.
2: And she takes the living water with her. <laughs> Isn't that good?
1: It's a great observation.
2: Well, Hodges points that out, not original with me in any way. And finally, Al's question about the new earth and also about physical resurrection. No, we don't need to uh, know about the new earth. In fact, wouldn't you say, Leon, that most Christians, those who actually believe the promise of everlasting life, expect to spend eternity in, in heaven?
1: heaven, yes.
2: <laughs> That's so misguided. Right. I mean, God didn't create Adam and Eve to live in heaven. He created them to live on earth. Yes. What would have happened, of course this is speculation, but what would have happened if they didn't sin?
1: They would have lived forever on earth.
2: Yeah. Heaven wouldn't have been their destination. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true, when we die we go to the third heaven, but that's only a temporary place we go until the time of the rapture when those who are in heaven will join us in the air, and we're going to meet the Lord Jesus together in the air. Wow. And then we'll come together seven years later to earth, and we'll be here for a thousand years on the millennial earth, and then we go to the new earth. So do you need to believe that? No. You don't <laughs> have to believe all that, because the Lord Jesus Christ did not make that clear in John 3:16, did he? Right. Or John 4, or John 5, or anywhere in the Gospel of John. Now, it is true that in several places in the Gospel of John, John 5 and also in John 11, 25, he makes it clear that the believer is going to be resurrected with the resurrection of the just or the resurrection of the righteous. It's going to be a glorification. But since that's not in every passage in John's Gospel, I would suggest that the minimum is believing in Jesus for the everlasting life he promises and that basically John 11:25 is more or less a restatement of eternal security Jesus says I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die physically yet he shall live physically it's the promise of resurrection as the resurrection he promises to resurrect the believer but it's a guarantee that the believer will be resurrected into his kingdom everybody's going to be resurrected. Even unbelievers will be resurrected and brought to the great white throne judgment, according to Revelation twenty eleven to
1: 15. So a person doesn't have to have an in-depth education in theology to be saved. Just believing in Christ for the gift of eternal life is enough. And then there are many things to learn, but not at that instant.
2: Yeah, I mean, don't you think a lot of people with rather sophisticated knowledge of theology don't believe in the irrevocable gift of everlasting life?
1: Yes, I have encountered so many people with master's degrees from seminaries who believe that eternal life is not always eternal.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right? Or, have you ever heard people say this one, I didn't hear this, and I know you didn't when you were at Dallas Seminary, I used to hear that Calvinists would say, if you fail to persevere, then you prove you weren't saved in the first place, right?
1: absolutely.
2: But now there's a new kind of Calvinist. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. heard these guys, but they say when you believe in Jesus, you get initial salvation, Mm -hmm. and then if you persevere, you'll win final salvation. You ever heard that one? I have. I hear it more and more all the time. And so they sound a lot like Arminians. Yes. They sound like you can lose your salvation, but they say, no, no, you can't lose it. Because final salvation isn't final until you persevere. Uh, Read Schreiner and Kennedy. They wrote a book called The Race Set Before Us. And I believe it's on page 40. They show a runner running a race. And they say the prize is everlasting life. Mm. And they say, if you fail to run to the end of the race, you won't win everlasting life. And these are two Calvinists. I mean, Schreiner is a leading New Testament scholar, and he teaches at Southern Seminary, which is the leading Southern Baptist mm-hmm. seminary. And it's become a conservative school. You know, for a while it was pretty liberal. And then there was a revival that took place in Southern Baptist circles, and Southern became a conservative school. Well, they're still fairly conservative, but unfortunately, they're five point Calvinists. And they have this, at least some of them, like Schreiner, have this new brand of Calvinism.
1: Doesn't it seem to you, Bob, that uh, the new Calvinists are saying basically the same thing that the Armenians say, only they're just going around in a circle to say it? Well, it sounds a little better because they're
2: saying, no, no, you can't lose your salvation because what you get at the beginning is just an initial salvation, and you're awaiting the final salvation. But... I think coming back to Al's question, you don't need to understand about the new earth. You don't need to have all the intricacies of the future resurrection and glorification. You do need to know, of course, that you will be with Jesus forever in his kingdom forever. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe you have everlasting life. Because everlasting life is his life and being with him forever. Yes. And so, as a minimum, three things. The condition is believing. The person we believe must be Jesus of Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe in him for what he promises, which is everlasting life that can never be lost.
1: The person, the gift, and the promise. Yeah,
2: I like that very much. And you see that especially in John 4.10. If you knew the gift of God... And who said to you, give me a drink? You'd ask him, and he would give you living water. And he went on in verse 14 to say, the gift of God is everlasting life. And then in verses 25 and 26 of John 4, he went on to explain that the person who spoke to him is the Messiah. Remember, she says, we know Messiah is coming. I who speak to you am he. At that point, she gets it and she comes to faith. And she didn't have some... Master of Theology degree, (laughs) did she?
1: (laughs) She understood enough.
2: She understood enough, and a child can get it. It's a beautiful thing. So, if you lack assurance of your eternal destiny, please go to the Gospel of John and read it, maybe a chapter a day, and pray about it. Father, could it really be as simple as believing in your Son for the free gift of eternal life? Is that all that's required? And if you do, God will reward you because God's rewarder of those who diligently seek him, Hebrews 11, 6. We want to be absolutely sure of eternal destiny because that has a powerful impact on you living for Christ each day. We love him because he first loved us. Well, keep grace
0: in focus. Amen. Would you like to deepen your understanding of Scripture and the Christian life? Well, a great place to start is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We've got all kinds of free materials on the site available for you. One of those which is extremely popular is our magazine, Grace in Focus. It comes out six times a year. It's full color, easy to read, And people are really growing who read it. So stop by and get a free subscription at faithalone.org. We are so happy when we hear from listeners. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, much like today's question, is believing in Jesus enough to be saved? See you next time, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.